<laughs> have you ever heard about anal fissures? Because, yeah. like, I haven't. You have a, I, Well, I've heard of them. I just don't know how people receive them because, you know, like, that's just, like, a whole bunch of, like, razor-sharp cuts all through your asshole. And, I mean, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you're shoving something up there that probably shouldn't be up there, I don't that, know that's how. Honestly, that's honestly what I think. It yeah, is. I mean, just experimenting, yeah, experimenting bro. with things. It's like, well, I shoved a halogen light bulb up my ass, and, and it broke. That's what my heart is like. Yeah, I just shoved a light bulb up my ass. It broke though. But what's up, y'all? What's up? This is Trent and Michael. It's next best thing. Uh, I sound like a fucking recording because I keep telling you guys. Bro, follow me on Twitter, man. Yeah, man. He's going to give you 30 bucks. 30 bucks, I mean, that's all you have to do is just follow him and you get 30 bucks. I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, I'd do it. Well, I'm not giving $30 to everyone. No, just the first one. No, not even the first one. That's all you need to tell him. Yeah, the first one. The first one. I miss out on that marketing opportunity. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, bro, to anyone, I'm just going to pick one one random person that follows me on Twitter and give them $30. And so go do that. But let's get right into it. He's back. He's back for another episode. The man that's defeated cancer and everything else that has been thrown his way. It's Corinne. What's up, Corinne? Oh, nothing much. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm feeling good, man. I've just been, you know, I I I quit my job recently and I just kind of, Decided to fuck it and just take a break, bro. Just take a break. That's uh, how man, you doing, man? It's been it's been like a week or two, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing really good. Um, well, I mean, kind of addressing yours is like uh, what we were talking about earlier. Whatever makes you unhappy, um, you know, people get stuck in that shit, and that they use excuses to stay in it because like they want to feel secure. They want to feel in a way of like they know what's coming they're comfortable they're comfortable and that's what uh really really i mean i don't mean to use a bunch of cuss words i just talk i have a foul mouth but uh <laughs> me too. <laughs> that me too. it just really it, it fucks us up it gets us caught in these things because we believe that we have to be secure before we move on and that's not how uh life and change actually works some of the best changes in people's lives were from the unknown and so if someone can really embrace that and just know and respect themselves enough to know not to abuse themselves unnecessarily, you know, and you'll find another job and that's it. And that's, yeah, and that's it. I know that. It's it's, it's that simple. So you're doing something that a lot of people won't do and they hold themselves back from and they limit their potential because they're afraid of the unknown. And uh, that's, that impresses me already that you're able to do that. You just knew you had enough respect for yourself to know this is not for me and that I can move on from that. But um, I'm impressed on how you made quitting my job seem like a like a, this grand thing. <laughs> <laughs> because like we all me. should. We all, okay. We all <laughs> should quit our jobs. That's the thing. We should all quit our jobs and live up to our full potential. If you're out there right now, quit your job. You quit your job right now. <laughs> but no. Like, I mean, if you truly enjoy what you do or you have, uh, or you just like enjoy going to your work and making some money, that's absolutely fine. But if you're fucking drudging through your work, you regret go, like getting up and having to go to work every day, that you're miserable when you get there, 
and you're you're just making enough to survive, fucking quit your job, dude. Like <laughs> that's out. it's that simple. Get Go out. Away. That's how everybody gets stuck in not even complacency because that's just drudgery. And <laughs> and dude I like that word drudgery. Drudgery? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's one step away from, and this is where you really get into it, the, the feeling of slavery. We shouldn't be slaving to anything, even though our system's built yeah. off of a slavery system. And I know that would trigger a lot of people because of, of the way that, that our media portrays things nowadays. But fuck them. You know, that's what fuck it is. The media. It, that's what it is. It's just something that's based upon debt. And we're always working off that debt. And it's a simple system, but it really perpetuates the drive of uh, a lower class. And so don't get caught in that drain that is never ending. You know, (laughs) do what you want. Do what you want in your life. You know, if you take the chance, sometimes if you're like, you keep on doing what you love, that you'll eventually become great at what you love. And then if you can find a way to monetize what you love, there you go. And you know, some people... That's, that's the American dream, That bro. is the American that's dream. What that, that, that's what they try and promise you. Yeah, that's what they try and promise you. Like, unfortunately, that's kind of... Uh, they're trying to take that away, uh, that ability. Yeah. But uh, and, make, I, and make you a part of their American dream. Yeah, not yeah, making yeah. you live your American dream. Do you see how I put that together, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, great. We're going to talk about some conspiracies. Yeah. We're going to get right into that shit. Because if there's anyone I'm going to have a conspiracy conversation, (laughs) it's with Corinne. Yeah. this dude, you're a very very smart person. And on top of that, you're very well researched. Yeah. Yeah. I try to not talk about stuff. I mean, if I talk about stuff openly that I haven't really researched or anything like that, I'll openly say, hey, man, I don't know much about this. But, you know, you know, I know the in general and I can I can touch on it. But like. I really enjoy, if I want to know something, I research it. And I don't research it as in like, you know, today's people say research as you just Google something. I, I like to actually research it like aggressively and understand all sides of it because uh, that's where you really get the truth of things is you have to look at all arguments for all sides and not, again, there's a lot of like what I told you about before is that Google is a business and Google has gotten lots of grants unfortunately, from our U.S. government and from the military-industrial complex. Oh, yeah. I bet. And so... I don't know that, but I bet. <laughs> now, the interesting thing is the, the last CEO of Google, which is, was Sundar Pichai, did and was recorded receiving some of those grants. So why would our U.S. military give grants to Google? Is because they mine data, right? Mm. And they mine data... And they sell it to other companies pretty much for, you know, data profiles so they can sell stuff to you. And yeah. that's the thing is like that's what the whole – and this is not even a conspiracy, but I guess some called it that for a while before Edward Snowden kind of came out and like said, you know, they're taking all your fucking information. You know, and really? uh, oh, oh, honestly, I, I, I don't know much about Edward Snowden. Don't know much about Edward Snowden? I do uh, not. Well, Edward Snowden worked for the CIA for a little while. He did uh, a little bit of tech before. But uh, he noticed when they made the, um, oh, what was that called? It was... Uh, Dragon Balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dra- <laughs> Dragon Balls. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, when 9-11 happened and Bush did the, uh, enacted the, oh, what was it? It was an act. I just can't remember the name of it. But it pretty much was responsible for making the NSA. And the NSA 
then fucking um, was able, under the guise of terrorism, to infiltrate people's information. And there was no limit to it. And that was the problem. See, that was the beast that was created oh, there. Is there was shit. no limit to what they could do in the name of terrorism, which terrorism trumped all laws. So, like, let's say our laws that actually keep things in check, that under terrorism, that act uh, was able to say, you know, all of your laws are inert, that we can do whatever we want because it's, you know, to protect our nation. Mm. So, and just how loose that terminology was was ridiculous because there was nothing to really regulate it. And that's unfortunate. Um, but that, like, that right there, in my eyes, would be like Bush did 9-11. Yeah, that's why, well, and that's not why a lot of people did that. See, the, the, the reason, <laughs> okay, 9-11, oh yeah, let's, let's fucking take the gloves off here. Okay, okay 9-11, dude. <clears throat> well, a lot, a lot of people called that a conspiracy theory. But there was just so much, retar- and I'm going to use retarded, the word retarded, retarded evidence about how the, those buildings were demolished. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, in history, there was only one building that actually fell down from a fucking jetliner hitting it. And it, well, no, it didn't even fall down. That Like, it just burnt the top and everything like that. So there is none that actually fell down. But it, it did the most damage. And it wasn't even built as well as the World Trade Center. And the excuse that the jet fuel burned hot enough to melt steel beams is literally not physically possible. Really? People took jet fuel and burned it at its hot the burned it at its hottest rate. They used oxygen, burnt it because like we've tested these things. We've tested how hot uh like uh, jet fuel is burned. Mm-hmm. And like without oxygen, with oxygen, everything like that or low low oxygen levels, high oxygen levels that you can't burn past a specific degree. And like it was so many thousands of degrees way above that that the only thing that can really generate that type of heat was thermite, which we just so happened to find on the site, which is an explosive, Whoa. right? Okay, so these, just, these facts are just things that like, a lot of people just don't, don't look at, and they just argue with the... They're just like, oh, the, the TV told me that this was this, and like, because you think these things, you're just a conspiracy theorist, and they don't look at the actual evidence, they don't look at the, again, they didn't put on TV that they interviewed a whole bunch of uh, firefighters. And when they went in, is that they said that they, they heard explosions. And they were on the bottom floor before the fucking plane hit. Mm-hmm. And so they said that they heard a whole bunch of explosions. And they were around, like, buildings that got demolished. And they were around stuff like that. And they was like, yeah, it was coming from, like, uh, some of the main beams and things like that. And they thought that they were, most of the um, firefighters thought that they were actually being in, attacked from within that the terrorists because they weren't aware of what was going on that they thought that the terrorists got in and put set bombs initially so when they heard that they had that thing was hit by a plane they're like no no there's bombs going off inside and they didn't they didn't keep that shit on the news but you can still look up these things on the internet you can still look up like the the actual uh when the plane was coming in the main shot that the news got where the one plane flew in and hit right like that they you can see that that was modified like because they put that up and then they realized that one of the buildings right as the plane was coming around was actually cgi'd in because they they said where the actual building was was behind the uh the world trade center but they had it in front and that if the plane was to pass by it 
right? That like the plane went in back of it and you didn't see the wing for a second and then went and hit the World Trade Center when that building was actually behind it. So they fucked up. So someone modified that and fucked it up. And so that's why they put it on the news and then they took it off. You can still look this up, but when you actually look at the layout of the city, that that building was in the wrong place. So how <laughs> Wait, did that the happen? Dad, the dad building? What's that? Well, no, okay, you have like the building that they went like kind of in back of, uh, whatever building that was, when you look at the actual schematics of where everything was and how, where it actually is, yeah. is that that building is actually behind where that plane was. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That they fucked up the, and messed the, up. Yeah, they fucked the up. Yeah, that, that, that suggests that there was like CGI modification. Like if you don't even want to look at that kind of stuff and say that that's a bunch of hogwash, because I mean, to prove that is interesting, but I mean, lots of people uh, have. Yeah. Uh, well, that, like honestly, like the, this is the first time hearing of CGI in the, um, well, in the works of the 9-11 because like the only, like I, I, I've, as a curious kid, I looked up like a bunch of videos of it, mm-hmm. and there were like multiple angles. Yeah. Of, like all, and they all kind of showed the same thing. So like I, I never, never like, questioned. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I never questioned yeah. it. I always just, I, th- I, I thought that's what happened because, I mean, and then what the, else are you gonna believe? Now the they had a couple instances of this as well. Like uh, this is the surface of like what you could just look into in the surface and not know the actual facts about like how the building fell and everything like that. Well, okay. There's two planes that hit both of uh, really good, just in general, uh, documentary on this mm-hmm. uh, about the alternative viewpoint and showing kind of a lot of evidence. Lots of people have done lots of them, but a good one is Loose Change. Loose Change. Loose Change. Now, <clears throat> that used to be on YouTube. I don't know if it's on YouTube anymore, but if it is still on YouTube, it's free. Um, <clears throat> but uh, like shows all the, the massive evidence and the things that are just like you know, the steel beams, the thermite being present. Um, there was a whole bunch of gold that was stored underneath the World Trade Centers, and that was missing. Um, whatever burned, burned so hot that it melted all the beams down into puddles of liquid molten steel. Like, uh, that the, how the, all the buildings fell straight down, that that's not physically possible for a building that's been hit by the middle. You have to take out the foundation beams to do that. And Again, if a building fell uncontrollably, which it's not even possible for the structure of that to do so, that it would fall uh, helter, like, you know, like, I don't know, I said helter-skelter, but it would just fall, like, kind of sideways down, or like a tree, or crumble down that like way. It wouldn't fall straight down, yeah. It would fall, like, in the <clears throat> movies where it, like, falls on to, like, another building. Yeah, or, or something like that. For it to fall perfectly straight down at free fall speed is impossible unless it's demolitioned. And then they you get to see demolition buildings. Yeah. And then you get to see how they fell and they fall exactly the same. And they time demolition buildings versus the World Trade Centers and they fall at the exact same rate, which is free fall speed. That meant you had to take out all of the support beams at once once. for it to fall free fall speed. And all of the buildings did that. Well, okay, if that wasn't enough that you know the reports of the explosions uh, the fact that they fell at free fall speed. The, a lot of people don't know that there were three buildings that were involved with the trade centers. There was two of them, right, mm-hmm. which were the ones we know of. But then there was building. There was another building, which was, uh, what is the number of that? Building 7, I think. Um, <laughs> but that one didn't get hit by any planes. But guess what? It fell to the ground at free fall speed. Really? It didn't get hit by any planes. I've never even... Yeah. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, and so... 
when the person and so okay we're gonna rewind so this building falls down no plane hits it both of those buildings fall down they all fall down at free fall speed right when people actually after the the mass hysteria and everything like that start to question why did this other building fall down too the the owner was quoted saying oh well uh, some trash fire started, and uh, yeah, the building went down. Okay. There's no way. Now we're saying. I, if I that, heard that, I would not be like, what a trash fire. Yeah, a trash fire. Okay, we. So the argument was originally that the jet fuel burned the steel beams, and that's why they fell down. So what happened to this one? There's no jet fuel. A fucking trash fire burnt it down. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. when they re-asked him about it, he said. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. What I meant is, like, there was a trash fire and the bur- building was burned so bad that I just told the demolition, the demolitionist to pull it. Well, no, he said the firefighters. Yeah, he said, I just told the fire chief to pull it, which pull it means demolish it, right? Okay, now, let's, let's catch this guy in this lie, is that, one, firefighters don't handle demolition. You have to be an expert at that and know exactly where to put bombs. And you need to have a license to handle those bombs. Firefighters do the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have the license to be able to handle explosives of that nature. Yeah. Are they kind of fucked up if they did? If they did. And again, when they set up those kind of things, sometimes it's like several days to just set up something. Or a week even to set up a good demolition because they have to be super safe because they may need to make sure that they don't hit anybody, that they don't do anything. They have to do it to the T. So already he's lying for trash fire. Oh, and okay. So, and then he said that. So yeah, because let's not even focus on the actual buildings that got hit. It's just this other building. Well, now let's rewind that this guy, when he acquired these buildings had a specific insurance policy, right? A little while, right before this happened, not too long, he pulled out a larger insurance policy and that it covered like what he would be covered in is like a, nat- a natural disaster and terrorist attacks. How okay. convenient. How convenient. And so he takes it out. So when this happened, but I get, I think one of the stipulations is that to get the full payout, like all the buildings needed to fall. <laughs> yeah, like so fucking ridiculousness happened and that kind of shows you that like what the fuck happened there and that was so quick because it went down with all the others and then the pentagon was hit by the other plane right yeah pentagon is surrounded by motherfucking cameras but nobody could produce a video a video no, of, you know, I, yeah I, I, I tried looking up a pentagon yeah, video yeah. You, you can't you don't they don't have it and there was really no good excuse for that the only one that leaked was from some sort of gas station that was kind of close to it. And you know what that showed? What? That showed something hit it that looked like black and quick. Not a big airliner that would have just like woo, swooped in and just fucking mm-hmm. hit that shit. It was like, it looked like a Scud missile. A Scud missile. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking just boom, in real fast. Just, you know, so I like, mean, I mean. just fucking bombed it. Yeah. That's what was believed, and like the the whole thing is like it's in loose change. One of the things that they show is the hole in the Pentagon, and that the fact that they said that oh man the the plane just disintegrated because you're like where's the plane, you know where's the pieces? Yeah, yeah. They're like I just disintegrated. Da, 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 all the excuses that they made, but then they found an engine, and the engine, uh, that differed from what was supposed to be on those planes. And the people who made it, and they identified the people who made it, and traced that back, and they usually make the engines for missiles. And so, like, there's all this fucking uh-huh. retarded, of, I don't mean to use retarded all the time, but the, all, when I say this, is just because it's obvious, it's right out in your face, 
all this information that people find that I'm shocked that people still, you know, cross their arms and say, no, this kind of thinking is ridiculous is because it's not. Like, all I did was look into something, and well, I'm not just me personally, but a million people looked into it and found this because they actually looked into it. It's not like it was too, I mean, a lot of people don't want to look into these things because it's too horrible for them to think of that we attacked our it's own. It's too much work. Yeah, it's too much work, and it's, it's too horrible to think, and like, we attacked our own country. That somebody would be horrible enough to be like, well, if this happens, I can pass this act that will give us more control, so therefore it's worth all the death. And like, yeah, that's I'm con- I'm convinced, bro. And, I'm oh, fucking convinced. Oh, dude, and even goes back to like more stuff. It's like, uh, when the twin towers went down, the reason there wasn't a fast response is because all of the air force and a whole bunch of the military were all doing drills at that moment. All of them. What? What? Why were they all doing drills? And then like one of the drills that they were preparing for was like, <laughs> it's, this is ironic is one of the drills that they did was, like, if the World Trade Centers got attacked. Right. <laughs> right yeah, yeah, like, and so... No, bro, what they're actually doing is they were probably sitting on the TV watching. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, there were so much pe- things that lined up that were weird, and then there's, uh, yeah, you know what think tanks are? Think tanks. Yeah, it's like when people, when political parties or scientists or people that have an idea get together and they tackle a problem and have... They either go into meetings and things like that and try to spitball uh, res- long-term results for whatever their problem is they're tackling. Uh, I, I, I was, I was mm. thinking more of like a big old like tube that you get yeah, in. Yeah, you get, get in a tube think. and just think for a long time. Yeah, that would be like a think. sensory deprivation chamber, and that would be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, That's just a fancy word for think tank, bro. Yeah, there is another. Remember about the, the one I told you about, uh, that girl with the dolphins? Yeah. Like John Lilly? Yeah, he's yeah. the one who invented that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy was on some shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was on acid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Wait, bro, no, tell that story. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, I will, for sure. But, like, okay, one last thing here is when you, when you trace it back, like, uh, Dick Cheney, uh, George Bush, I think his brother, and, like, a couple other people got together. Pretty much everyone on his, his uh, fucking political... Uh, what do you call it? Like political party board, whatever. Uh, but all the people who are his campaign board, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they got into this think tank, and they were saying, "What would they, mm, what would they need to be able to fix our economy, and fix the problem over in Iraq, right?" And they were like looking at all these different things, and they said that when Pearl Harbor happened, right. Yeah. That it caused such a response that stimulated our economy and, uh, you know, fixed a lot of other problems that they were trying to tackle. It brought the Americans together. Yeah. And so they said that for this, like for what they desired or whatever they went into the think tank for, that they would have to have another Pearl Harbor-like event. Yeah. Yeah. And so... <laughs> That's what they said in that think tank that their conclusion was on what needed to be done. What needed to be done. done. Yeah, see, it needed to be done. And so that would be a way that things would be corrected. And so after that, that's when we started doing drills, military drills, as if the Twin Towers got attacked. Um, They actually have, like, documents of 
people that actually saw those kind of drills and things like that and pretty much went to the T of to what happened. They, they used like two planes hitting it. They were blueprints. Everything. Yeah, they were blueprints. And they were practicing for that. Uh, and then the, the military was distracted at the very time that they were needed, right? And the mainstream story w- wouldn't even have lended to those terrorists knowing, you know? And so you have all this stuff that kind of fucking lines up and then you have Bush messing up his speeches because he always messed up his speeches and saying that, <laughs> talking about bomb, bombs in the World Trade Center. And like no. he fucked that up several times. Yeah, and there's several recordings of that which you can actually check on YouTube. And yeah, he fucked up and said about explosions and bombs. And they, again, everybody wrote that off. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to hear that. No, and it's just like, when you look into the Bush family and what they achieved through that, I mean, unfortunately, I really do think, um, I mean, there's arguments over the parties that were involved in that, but it did, like, we, our military had ideas of, like, taking over Iraq for a while just because uh, the banking system wanted to go after them because, uh, again, there was a large amount of countries that were refusing, refusing to accept the dollar for the barrels of oil, and they were, like, bucking against it. And that was bucking against the banking system and the banking families. And so there was a lot no of... No one fucks with the banking yeah, system, Yeah, yeah, bro. exactly. And so, like, there was fuck with that. a lot of military people that came out after they were retired that said that they, we had a plan to go after these specific countries were the ones that weren't accepting that, you know, and they just didn't question it. This was like they had a plan to go through the Middle East and just decimate it. And that's exactly what happened. That's what that war did is by bringing freedom, we fucking decimated them, and guess what? We took the oil fields back. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people admit to about the, the, it was a lot about oil and stuff like that, because that was kind of like the obvious, even mainstream, like, ah, uh, there wasn't any weapons of mass destruction over there. That was a whole farce. It was a whole lie that was perpetuated by, like, Dick Cheney and, like, fucking, what was the, what was the other guy that fucking pushed that? I forget his name. Um, but, yeah, dude, like, it was just a big joke, and I don't mean the, a big joke as in, like, the World Trade Centers were horrible, but they were making a big joke and hoopla out of the whole thing. Is They based it upon no evidence. We went to war with the country that wasn't responsible for it. Uh, and it was most possible, like, when I say possibly, I'm absolutely convinced by all the evidence out there that it was some sort of inside job. Um, and just, like, I anybody who thinks otherwise and like knows anything about science physics or anything like that like again if you know anything about science and physics you don't think otherwise because you know it could have never possibly happened those buildings couldn't have fell at free fall speed you couldn't have melted uh, just the first couple lies that they told you like when you catch it right away it can't fucking melt steel yeah yeah uh, why is the thermite on site that's that's a highly grade explosive Hmm. Yeah, and so, like, just those three things should spur on some thinking as to look into more things. And, yes, like, it's it was a really shoddy cover-up. So, like, you just find one thing after another thing after another thing. Kind of like, I mean, JFK. I'm like, JFK, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. They even did a better job, I would say, of covering that up. But they still did a shoddy job of covering that up. That that was, like... Well, the the weirdest thing about the JFK thing is (laughs) how Lee Harvey Oswald... When he finally gets caught and he's walking out, like, to, like, hopefully I'm getting this right. Like, he didn't even, like, talk to anyone. Like, he hadn't talked to investigators or nothing. And, yeah. like, as soon as he walks out, he gets shot. Yeah. Bro, it's because he knew something. Well, why else? It, yeah. It, why else would he get shot? It was definitely 
I mean, if it was because we have that whole is it was his name Jack Dorsey? Was what was his name Jack? Uh, the guy who owned the club and shot him. What was his name? I yeah, know. I forget what his name is. Um, but yeah, the guy who owned the club and uh, the one who shot it. I mean, there's a whole backstory behind him and why and everything like that. But just the coincidence of the fact of like you said, he didn't really like fully testify that he didn't really talk to many people about why he did it or what he did. And before that was able to happen, that he just got mowed down. <laughs> and by a club owner of all things, uh, it just doesn't seem, I mean, that doesn't seem right. But, I mean, not even that. It's just like the angles didn't line up. Like, uh, again, the people that saw the grassy, the, the grassy knoll thing is kind of the thing. But uh, not even that. Uh, just the fact of like all the shit that happened with the police officers and the bullets got switched out that they couldn't identify that there was so much just conspiracy around everything that was handled and despite the angles of the bullets being wrong and I've seen not trying to cut you off yeah, but yeah. like I've seen some uh, videos on TikTok and I've actually watched there's like this like documentary or docu-series about the JFK thing yeah and they showed, like, how just, like, the angles of the shots were, like, way off. And oh, yeah. The, there's this really, there's this video, and I don't know how much you can trust it, but it looks like there's a guy up front that kind of, like, leans back. And, like, you see his hand move. Mm -hmm. And, bro, like, I think it, it's possible. What if his own driver shot him? You know, I'd have to watch the videos again to actually look <laughs> to see if I... Yeah, like, that, you know, that like, even would be a possibility. But, I mean, you can't rule anything out there. It's just because, like, uh, even on that, like, you know, the Kevin Costner movie about JFK, uh, fucking, he even points out that, like, <laughs> he constantly, it's a famous part of the movie where it's, he, he rewinds, he goes, back into the left, back into the left, back into <laughs> the left. And he keeps on replaying it. And you show him going like that, and that he wouldn't have moved that way if he got shot yeah. from above. Would, you know, yeah, he, he would, would just go, go down because, like, yeah. the the thing is, is, like, the back of his skull got blown out, right? And then there was an entry, like, it was from the front. So if you got to think about, like, a rifle bullet, yeah. right? And the ones that were meant to kill people, like, they, they, they smash and they flower out, right? So when they go in, there's an entry point, and when they go out, that it's it just, just like, the big old hole, yeah, it just fucking explodes. explodes out. Yeah, and so, like, that's the thing, is his back of his head blew out right yeah and so a lot of people don't really look at that uh i mean i'm not as I'm like i'll just be honest i'm not as like i have not researched this with the fervency i usually re research a lot of things because like again that was another one that i'm just like oh yeah that's that's probably what happened like i just like uh, again you research a couple things and you just see that like so so much restriction and confusion and things like that and that's how you can tell uh, I feel like the, that's what that's what brings a little truth to some conspiracies. The, the fact that there's just there's so much little tiny things about it. There's so much like just like things that don't make sense. And you're oh like, yeah, what it makes you question. I, I think you said I, you said I would this say earlier. like I would say if you really want the truth about anything, you can't believe what the media says because the media is just either a cover like government sources if there actually is something going on they're going to make sure that they pay off the media to say a specific narr narrative that's different yeah because, like what they're doing right now yeah exactly or it's for entertainment yeah 
So they're not going to like do it just black and white like the information. They're going to be like, well, are we going to be able to sell this? We're going to just make this. Done. Let's cut out that part. Don't don't use what he said. Let's use what that person said. And that like meth head over there. Yeah, yeah, that meth head's good entertainment. You know, they're going to be like, they're going to just find the most extreme things because they want to get ratings. Yeah. And that's how they get money. It's not by telling the truth. You know, because you, sometimes the truth is very, very boring. And that's okay. You know, people want the truth and it becomes not boring because you know, you understand. And that's yeah. what people used to watch the news for, they thought. Um, but again, we, we now look at extremes and like, you know, that's why the internet sensations like fucking Tosh.0 and things like that really succeeded is because people want to see like, you know, people crash and burn and yeah, fucking like see extreme people and doing uh, stupid stuff that's outlandish. It's just the human nature. And so, again, news companies know that as well. And so they play with our emotions, you know. If you're constantly like, it's unfortunate that people are, oh, yeah, this is what I want to talk about too. How people are addicted to fear is that like fear actually like when you feel it in your body, it activates your uh, fight or flight system. Now your fight or flight system is something that's left over from kind of evolution from like being out and being out in the woods. And if you saw a tiger, you have to, your adrenals have to activate immediately, cause adrenaline to go through your body so you can yeah. fucking run away. So like your digestive system shuts down, uh, like all the blood goes to your limbs and everything like that. And your heart rate goes up, you know, and it pushes all the oxygen to again to your limbs. Um, away from your internal organs. That's so, so crazy. Yeah, bro. right? And it happens within an instant. So what's interesting about that is we are the only being that can activate that whole system through a thought. Uh, is that like, so let's say you have uh, this, like, you say you have like a mother-in-law that you fucking you hate. Every time that she comes over, you feel fucking suffocated. You can't act like what you want to act like. And so she just aggravates you. And so, but you can't say anything because it's your fucking mother-in-law. Yeah. So, right? So she comes over. That you actually will start to raise your heart rate and you will start to breathe very shallow. All the blood will start to run to your extremities because guess what? Your body feels threatened and you're automatically activating that stress-induced response so your body doesn't know the difference between your mother-in-law and a tiger in the woods. Wow. And so you're reacting the same and putting your body through that same amount of stress. It, now, that, that reminds me of like nervousness. Yeah. And just like totally like, cause like before, before a basketball game or for like, like any big performance that I had, yeah. I, I would get that, like almost that same, just like heart rate goes oh, yeah. up and the like n nervousness and like. The fight or flight response, I think, could go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. And we, we activate it all the time because we know a stress is coming. Yeah. You know? And so there's different levels of that activation. Now, uh, again, like... Excuse um, you. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, um, <laughs> Honestly, bro, that was pussy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, dude, uh, with that like understanding about like how we uh, kind of can put ourselves in those stress states now that each time that we do that we produce all of these chemicals which are like drugs you know the, the adrenaline we produce uh, we produce more serotonin uh, to kind of match our like do dopamine and things like that so we get all these small little surge of all these feel-good chemicals but the adrenaline usually overcompensates and so we just feel wired right yeah uh, that's why usually after something like extreme happens, you feel kind of numb. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So if you were feeling bad, if you were feeling good, if you were feeling anything, you just don't feel anything right now. It's just because, whew, so much adrenaline is going through you. Um, but our bodies get used to doing that over and over again. Now our brain's very resourceful, right? Yeah. Uh, we actually find now that our brain is constantly changing. So if we, let's say we make a new um, connection, right, or a new pathway. Yeah. Is by learning something new. Something new opens Yeah, something up. new. Like, you just showed me how to do something earlier. I just learned something new. I made a new connection. Yeah. Right? I like that. Yeah, and uh, so, but, like, the way connections work in the brain is if they aren't used, you actually lose them. Yeah. And you make the connection, and if it's not used, the brain's resourceful, allocates the energy to something else, and that one kind of withers away. Right? But if you use it again and use it again, it actually makes it stronger and it starts to kind of get like it's so amazing when you actually like they they show this happening um, and you can watch it is you see these little like brain dendrites connect and then they like the more you use them, they connect more and they like weave together and then become really like thick, almost like uh I mean, like branches, like little things to connect yeah, to each other. Strong yeah, yeah it becomes strong. And that's when somebody really knows what they're doing, and then it becomes automatic, right? That, like, that's why practice is so important. That's Absolutely. Yep, repetition. Of even visualization, but that's a whole other conversation. But uh, what ends up happening is, okay, that you're doing that in the brain. So your brain, having those thoughts, which is sometimes even relate, relation to that experience, then associates that with an emotion. And an emotion is a chemical reaction in the body, Yeah. right? So your mind is like, this is experience. I need to be able to feel this, right? And so then it sends signals to your body, which then makes those chemical connections that is associated with that thought or that connection. So then, because everything's efficient, it wires together. So it can be preemptive and have that experience instantly. Like, I know food tastes good and this makes me feel this way, so therefore this food I like, you know, and then it becomes automatic. Like, I like ice cream, or I like this, or I like that. And the same thing applies to everything all the way across the board to when you know something's coming, you can start to feel that emotion or feel that nervousness because you know it's coming. Is your, bo- your body's already prepping for having that chemical response that it knows to have to it, right? Sounds and- like, em- like tying emotion to, like, anything you're doing. Mm-hmm like will make and make that connection even stronger yes and so let's say now this can be good and this can be bad now this is where we kind of get addicted to things okay so after a while when you do something over and over again and have the same experience same emotion same thought right yeah. that your mind needs to learn new things and it's all about it that's what it is it's just like a sponge it wants to absorb and make new connections and things like that so then it makes it kind of subjugates that uh that task to the body so it doesn't have to work that hard on that experience becomes automatic right Mm -hmm. and so your body will be kind of your subconscious mind and naturally have that whole chemical cascade of reactions to whatever that emotional state may be without you even realizing it because your mind has kind of moved on from it now it's burned into your body and your chemistry so now where this becomes bad is that sometimes we have negative thoughts or have negative experience that we associate with a specific emotion which is then burned into our body which then if we subject ourselves to that over and over again and don't do anything about it or don't change our life that we get that burned in right and so then we experience that whole fight-or-flight response every time that like again we may run into that 
you know, mother-in-law that we don't like and have that constantly and always associate her with that feeling. So therefore it's going to be automatic. Every time that I see her, even if she's not a bad, like, let's say she completely changed her life. She's not a bad person anymore. But because when I knew her that she was bitch, that I'm always going to look <laughs> she at her. Bitch. She was bitch. That I'm always going to look at her that way. Right. And that's when we get stuck in type of thinking and fear and things like that. So fear works the same way. Now, um, that we're always afraid of something, we have that physical, visceral response. Now, here's the thing, is when we have those negative responses, it activates that nervous system that creates a fight or flight response. And then we have a surge of those hormones and our body gets so used to making them, it becomes good at it. Yeah. And so therefore, it's like, this is my job. I need to make these chemicals. So subconsciously, let's say you get into a situation that you could deal with in a different way, your body's like, okay, I'm ready. It's my job. I need to produce these. And if you don't, it's then like, let's, let's say you handle it differently, right? It's like, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I need to, I need to make these chemicals. Uh, it's my job. I need to do this. Hey, 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 wait. Uh, I need to make you think something now uh, to produce these chemicals because now your body's addicted to making them. So if you live in a fearful state, if you live in a, um, a state that's always in a, like a negative thinking, and that's the thing is like once your brain creates the feeling and the, the chemicals down here, yeah. but then those chemicals feed back to your brain and make you think more of those thoughts. So it's a never-ending loop over and over again. Your thoughts create the, the chemistry, the chemistry creates the thoughts, the thoughts create the chemistry, the chemistry creates the thoughts, and that's why we get caught in these negative thought roles and things like that and end up really limiting ourselves because of that. And what's, a, what's one way to get out of that? Because um, I, I feel like I always just tell people to think positive and yeah. think think happy because that's what I try to do but like it's not always that no it's that not easy like it's not um and you're right uh, how can you like program yourself the opposite way you got you got you got it right there in saying that you program yourself you understand see with knowledge becomes um a lot of people say power but no with knowledge comes understanding mm-hmm. right and so if you know that you're more than your feelings and know that that truth and have that as a 100% belief then you can deal with it more like when you start to feel that anxiety or start to feel that fear or whatever. You're like, oh, it's just my body going through a chemical reaction because of its previous experience. It doesn't know. It doesn't have higher forms of reason and thinking than my brain has. It just knows. It's been, oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, that's all it's doing. And so by, able, by being aware of your reactions, it's just being, pretty much being mindful really Mind. is being aware of how your body reacts to certain things be like okay i can calm this down and how do you calm down your nervous system you breathe like just the like most, this, this is the most, the most simple thing, thing you can do yeah it's like literally this is really interesting it's like when you know when they tell people who have anxiety to take breaths and count to 10 and do all these kind of things yeah those things actually somewhat do work there's more efficient ways to do things but literally as simple as that sounds it doesn't sound like it works it does is this like Literally, when you breathe in, right, and hold it, you actually make your blood pressure go up, right? And it speeds up your heart. When you breathe out and hold it, it actually slows down your heart and lowers your blood pressure. So literally, you control, you can control your blood pressure with just a breath in and just a breath out, right? You can yeah. slow your heart, even without practice, with just those two, and that's a basic thing, in and out, right? So 
when you look into a lot of just like breathing techniques and things like that, it's amazing what you can do to calm your nervous system down. And then the next part of that is by thought. Like, okay, you say you think positive. That is a step towards the right direction. Try to think positive. But, like, again, these chemicals are feeding back and telling you to think other thoughts. Yeah. And most of us aren't trained enough to overcome the body, which is, like, a chemical masterpiece that is just pumping you full of these, like, these chemicals of fear, these chemicals of stress, which narrows your type of thinking, turns off certain parts of the brain that have expanded thinking. Yeah. So you're like hyper focused on whatever it is, and you're like, oh, I can't see anything else, is because it's naturally supposed to do that. Because you're supposed to be, when you're running from a lion or running a tiger or anything like that, you're supposed to be hyper focused on what's close and around you so you can use it to either defend yeah. yourself or get away, flee. And so you don't have time to think about anything expanded, like, oh, I wonder what the universe is. No, you're just like, run, 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 run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so to understand. To be able to understand the physiology of that nervous system and understand how to calm it, because you can. Uh, like, med- like meditation, uh, breath. Breath work is the fastest way to fucking do anything, really. I, like, this is what I like to imagine when I'm breathing and, like, trying to, like, calm myself down. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten anxiety attacks, and they're not fun. No. But, like, one thing that I like to do is I'll, I'll just take huge, deep breaths like that. And every time you breathe in, just... Like, if you're a visual person, just visualize, like, positivity, yeah. like bright lights. Like See, you're using you're your breathing, mind and your thoughts. You're changing all that. You're messing up that big old circulation, mm-hmm. the, the through and through and through. Just the chemical reaction yep. that's just there. You're messing that up. You're bringing more positivity in it. And then when you breathe out, you're throwing, you're letting go of all that negativity. Absolutely. And just keep doing that. And the more you, just breathing in general, the more you do that like really calms yourself down mm-hmm. and gets you into that mindful period yeah and if you like visualize on top of that put an emotion behind it and that's it like you're you get even stronger bro you're uh you're pretty much coming to something that i've really like dove into and i really love this a lot there's a guy named dr joe dispenza he wrote a lot of uh, books about um, pretty much being able to manifest your own reality by deprogramming all the negativity inside of yourself and becoming your new self which is created fully by you and not limiting yourself to any previous beliefs or any current beliefs of anyone else and that you exist in this realm of potential, that time is kind of like this illusion that it's linear, that it exists in every uh, possibility possible in, in the quantum realm and that you choose the version of yourself that you want to be through that by being present in the moment. Yeah. You know, not projecting yourself into the future, not projecting yourself into the past because 80% of us live primarily in the past and that like most of our thoughts and feelings and everything are not based upon what's actually happening just based upon hey what's up Dasa just walked in again yeah all right sorry for the weird cut but Dawson's here he just got off work and uh we got we told you we mentioned the the quantum chamber or whatever and there's uh, sensory, there, de- sensory, sen- depri- sensory yeah. deprivation chamber yeah and yeah. The, the guy who built that and there's a fucking crazy story and Karen's gonna tell us about it absolutely <laughs> um well there's this fun uh like i am not the expert on this story but i know a lot about it there's a guy named shane that just knows all about this he's one of my really good friends 
and he told me a lot about the story, and I looked into it, and it's quite interesting. I was I was just looking into this guy's <laughs> named John Lilly, right? He was the inventor of the sensory deprivation chamber, and that's something that like Joe Rogan uses uh, uses a lot for like meditation to get into lots of uh, like heightened states because you just you get into. I've heard it's really really fun, really cool. You know, really I've nice always experience. wanted to try because like I the more that I deprive myself of anything sensory, the more you do go inside. You know, and and like a lot of people say it induces psychedelic like states even while not being on any drugs. Um, some people have like religious experiences doing it. Like they say that they they meet their yeah their god or the the universe or whatever that they define as their source mm-hmm. and uh Fuck around yeah yeah it's really cool what when you take all sense away what our bodies do you know <laughs> that it kind of suggests that we're so much more and it's so really easy but we're constantly bombarded with like sensory perception that distracts us from the internal true us and so yeah that's uh, i would say a technique that's really good to uh kind of uh Get into that. If you and, have, like, $2 million. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no shit. Uh, there is actually a local place around here that has them. Yeah, yeah we gotta it's go. Cheap. It's like 30 bucks, I think. It's like, a, they call them float tanks. We're going. Yeah, yeah. We're going. Um, but, but what, what, yeah, what, back to John what did this guy do? Okay, well, <laughs> he's pretty wild. Like, he, um, some of, he does some of the best work on, uh, like, psychedelic states is because what he did is when he invented this, like, sensory deprivation tank, he decided to like test out ketamine which is a fucking for people who don't know what ketamine is it's a, a tranquilizer for cats to put them out but in human beings I didn't know it's just for cats yeah oh well that's what originally it was designed well i mean it's designed for multiple animals but they primarily used it on cats because like cats it's funny funny enough is that cats have more delicate systems than a lot of other animals yeah so there's a lot of stuff like if you use a horse tranquilizer on a cat kill it like, if you use certain shampoos on cats that you can use on dogs, it'll hurt them. You gave it Raid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feed it Drano. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's constipated. But, I've been doing this all <laughs> yeah, like, Oh, damn. No wonder uh, my cat doesn't come in my room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, dude, like, um, that, okay, ketamine uh, has kind of like a psychedelic effect in human beings. Um, when done in light doses... It's kind of very kind of light and dreamy, but when you do heavy doses, you go into what they call a K hole, which is like deep inside yourself, right? And deep inside the psychedelic world. Well, John Lilly wanted to map out that psychedelic world at all different doses. And so what he would do is he would take like small doses of ketamine all the way up to large doses of ketamine and go into his sensory deprivation tank Holy. and oh have these psychedelic experiences and then write about like what he saw trying to map out that world. And he did like a lot of work that I don't know of many people that did this, tried to map out all the different levels of different states on different milligrams and like had different categories. Like one would be like a light trance state, like hell dimensions were some of them. And he wrote like several chapters about that and shit, but very interesting work. Well, he also, um, there was this like government funded thing that he was doing uh, now, it was, uh, I don't know how, uh, what was his name, um, uh, the scientist that, uh, like Carl Sagan, okay, Carl Sagan was actually involved in this, and uh, like I haven't talked to Shane to know more of his involvement, but it was crazy, like a lot of major people were involved in this study, and it's not like widely known about, and what they did I is they, <laughs> they gave him a whole bunch of funding to understand the language of dolphins, because 
Dolphins communicate in such a highly intelligent level that we suspected that they may be as intelligent, if not more intelligent than us. Mm -hmm. And that was expected by our military, by our government, and things like that. And so they wanted to test like, uh, what kind type of language they were using, if we could communicate with them. And then it even got to a point to where they were trying to teach them to talk because they were so smart that they could make them like verbalize uh, and use like sounds and things like that to talk mm -hmm. to us. Um, yeah, and so that was kind of their goal. And like it got so wild there for a while is they were feeding dolphins LSD at one point and trying to get them to communicate with him. So John Lilly was like, would take some acid and give them to the dolphins and try to communicate <laughs> with them. And like they were having so much incredible success. That wasn't the thing that really got like the government to go, oh, no, we're dropping this funding, is they were actually in support at that time of them giving LSD to the dolphins and things like that. Mm -hmm. Well... <laughs> They were, were learning just, a lot. The government's giving them acid. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Hey, that's why we got this from. Uh, we got this from Texas. We got this from Arkansas. <laughs> Try <laughs> See which one can say bald. This one's been locked up for years. It's like, it's like why are why are all the dolphins wearing tie dye? <laughs> but. Uh, but no, they were feeding them LSD. They were having a lot of success. They were actually finding new things out about how they communicated with each other and how they communicate with human beings, and uh, like. It was a great success there for a while. Uh, but, okay, the dolphins are, if you don't know, very sexual creatures. Yeah. They're actually one of the few creatures that, besides us that have sex for fun, right? And, I mean, if you ever... Because like, they're, they're so intelligent. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you like, just want to see on, how like, sexually <laughs> aggressive they are, just look up dolphin rape and you'll find it all over the mm -hmm. internet. And, yeah, but, like, here's the thing. Dolphins it, raping people. Yeah, dolphins raping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, tough. like, okay, well, the one of the women that were... consensualized was consensual, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far as the dolphin understands, yes. <laughs> He's like, no, I know. I knew she wanted it. Oh, she, didn't oh, she came in my water, man. <laughs> <laughs> no means, eh. <laughs> and she went, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... No, dude, dude, there was this uh, woman trainer that was uh, working with the dolphins. And she, <laughs> she figured out that the dolphins sometimes would get bored with what they were doing and not be compliant. But when they were, like, sexually pleasured, that they would be more apt to follow directions. And so, like, this, this woman, this woman, this trainer, started started jerking off the dolphins before they would go into the uh, actual, like, whatever that they were doing because it worked out better. The dolphins <laughs> would, would be more compliant. They'd, they'd do better and things like that. I'll but then, for a jerk. And then the dolphins decided to not do anything that they were asked until they were jerked off. And so she, because they're getting all the shit tons of government funding, that they're just like, well, I guess I need to jerk them off so they do their work. And so, like, oh she's just jerking God. off dolphins left and right. And then, like, everybody who was funding it found out. And they're like, this is, this is serious scientific work. And you're, you're, you're jerking off dolphins? Mm -hmm. It's like, we can't, we can't present this. Like, we can't present this to anything. And they dropped their funding. Hold up, hold up. Yeah. So the government, <laughs> yeah, the government was fine with giving dolphins LSD, LSD but jerking off dolphins that was too far. But God forbid you jerk them off. 
We yeah. jerk them off. <laughs> yeah. We're done. That's where yeah. we draw the line. I think that that was more so my kind of a political stance mm-hmm. about how they'd be like, yeah, yeah, we had to we had to jerk off the dolphins, but it's okay. Yeah, we found out all the scientific. Uh, yeah. Like, what I want to know is how long did it take on average to jerk off a dolphin? A dolphin? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I'm, that is a good question. It's, <laughs> it, it's it's like four or five seconds from what I know. Yeah, well, that ain't long at all. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder after a while they were like holding it, like, oh, come on, five more seconds. <laughs> I probably got used to it. Man. Yeah, I'm not going to cooperate. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get shit out of me today. Um, but yeah, man, uh, and I thought that that was just the funniest story. That's and, so uh, fun. That's it, why he had a. That's why he was able to access a lot of these drugs is because he was given like the right from his funders or like the, the government and the things that they put forth to do that. Like, so that's it, when he pra- like practice a lot with ketamine and shit like that. You he's know? like, it's for science. Yeah. Trust me. Oh, that brings in like, okay. Another story of a guy who did a whole bunch of drugs just <laughs> because of what the government gave him. Um, is that, um, there was this other guy named Alexander Shulgin, right? And he yeah. wrote two books called T-Cal and P-Cal, which are about all about tryptamines and all about phenylethylamines. And okay. For people, no. Okay, you said some gibberish. You said some. Okay, tryptamines are the things that you trip on. They're the things in nature that produce uh, a psychedelic um, experience, right? So that's what the word tripping comes from. Yeah, tripping. Wow. Yeah, from tryptamines. Now, learn something new on the next best thing. uh, Phenylethylamines have similar uh, functions, but they're more of stimulants. And, uh, like, so most of them have that backbone and, like, there's a whole bunch of them in nature too, right? And so, well, this guy was a master chemist and he usually did a lot of organic and inorganic insecticides for companies. Um, But he applied for, uh, there's a special license that you can get that you can work with illegal chemicals. Mm -hmm. And he applied for that because he was well-known and made lots of money and he just wanted to do it for fun. Well, he got approved for it, which is a DEA waiver, Mm-hmm. That you can like, you can produce anything from LSD to whatever, uh, which is really hard to get these, to test stuff. Like that's how they test LSD on rats, and that's how they test like MDMA and shit like that is by getting that like waiver approval. So he got it, and instead of testing stuff on rats, he just decided to synthesize a whole bunch of drugs and test them on himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote two books about it, and uh, he literally were they good books. Oh, they're great books. Oh, yeah. Great. He was they're, they're, the whole they're, time, they're great bro. books. They were like, there's actually like in the, okay, this is when you get into the psychedelic and drug, like drug world on Reddit and things like that, that everybody uses his rating system, which is A+, A++, and A++++, right? <laughs> That's actually something that he designed. And like... <laughs> While tripping. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, he just had a, um, again, he tried to map this whole experience. So he made everything from LSD all the way across all the tryptamines that he knew how to make, which are like fucking, I would say like anywhere from 50 to 100. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there, but ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. And like wrote about testing them all out from small doses to large doses on himself. And like his A++ experience, I think it was the three pluses. Uh, no, it's four pluses. Okay, four pluses is like godlike experience, like um, complete ego death, um, merging with the universe, having some sort of spiritual experience. That would be A++. Four pluses. Uh, plus Which is like what everyone strives to go. Yeah, everywhere. most people that do that kind of thing absolutely strive to go there, yes. Um, but uh, then you that's have... That's just what I hear. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's what we, we do. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that you have, then you have three, which is like, you're so 
incredibly into it. There's no denying, there's no controlling it, right? Two is just like a mainstream experience, but you can still kind of move in and out of having control. One is just like, I feel, and I'm, I'm aware of my surroundings and I can do stuff, but I feel the effects of it. Yeah. Right. And so that's this kind of like rating system, which is used a lot, like I said, on, on Reddit and in that kind of world. Mm -hmm. um, but dude, like he like tested MDMA on himself, acid, mescaline, everything, and roll about it in different doses and things like that. And he synthesizes it all himself in these books. He actually showed, like, he writes about how he synthesized them. So, like, he literally tells you all the chemicals that he used, <laughs> how he did them, and why. And put it in his books. And then he tells you about all the different experiences that he had and things like that. And so, like, if you ever want to, like, do some homework before you have an experience, those books are it. What's this guy's name? Uh, Alexander Shulgin. Alexander Shulgin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, know, that's that's really cool. Someone just took drugs from the government and was like, Yeah, no, that's this is so funny because like he did that and he I did... got a rat and I might use it on him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they kind of like slapped slapped his hand after that. They're just like they found out after He did good research though. Yeah, he did great research, but not to what the government's concerned. He tested it on himself and like told people what drugs are safe and how they're safe and in what doses that they're safe. Yeah, so that's, that's great for us. Yeah, but for the government true. they're like, No, 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 that's bad. We're but, oh, don't let <laughs> people Yeah, exactly. Know. And so they they only they found out after he released the books. <laughs> and so like he released the books and that's oh like what God. you did what? <laughs> Wait, this isn't about rats. <laughs> The people, and, uh, the people dude, reading it were fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, oh, we've been paying them to do what? <laughs> it, no, it's great. Yeah, and so like, um, that's uh, I uh, I derive a lot of stuff from those books. Yeah, <laughs> those books change your life. Uh, I wouldn't say that they changed my life, but they definitely broadened my horizon for sure. <laughs> A plus plus horizon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, like, yeah, that's good. That's a that's another world. That's a lot of fun. That's another. All right, so. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Okay. You, you've got a YouTube channel uh, that I've, you've been. That you've uh, well, I've been working. I've got. I've got the name down, and I've. I've got the like uh, what they call the wallpaper and my little picture on there. Mm -hmm. I just need to put some videos on there, and uh, I'm. I'm working on that. I'm gonna like try to drive myself in the next two weeks to put up some things and get that all started. So. What's it called? Uh, meat missile. Meat missile. Yeah, meat, meat missile, missile on YouTube. I can give you one of those. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> after the podcast yeah, after the podcast yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah man so uh enjoyed being on here and uh, uh it was fun it's fun having you on yeah yeah we always uh we, we get off on tangents but it's a fun talk usually yeah yeah i mean every time you know i just love asking a question or just bringing something up and just hearing some people talk i love listening yeah it's a uh, mm -hmm. it is love dawson you got any words to say before we leave no, I ain't got much to say today. That's about it. Well, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, I gotta say is don't eat a lot of eggs or you'll pass a lot of gas. For real, bro? Doss has been stinking this place up, bro. Stinking? Yeah. You're worse than you're worse than your cat. How many eggs did you eat? <laughs> huh? How many eggs did you eat? Enough. Enough? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Remember to follow me on Twitter at TrentMichael underscore. And he may randomly select you for $30. Yeah, it could be you listening right yeah, now. Yeah, you guys are being a bunch of little girls out there. I swear. Like, come on. He's trying to give you some money. Just go over there. Got to go Twitter, right? Twitter? Twitter, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Just go follow him. What's your handle? At TrentMichael underscore. 
Yeah, now go follow that shit and get 30 bucks. What he said. But have a great night, great life. And don't jerk off dolphins. Yep. No. Government wants Unless it's for science. Yes. Unless it's unless for you get science. paid for it. Much understanding was gained. <laughs> <laughs>